Anyways, anyways, anyways. What are we what yeah, are we no, really here for good. today? What are we really here for yeah. today? Yeah, so yeah, I, besides the fact that we're here to you know, slander certain people, there's 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 a certain someone I'm ready for you to slander in this episode. And I think you know who I'm talking about. I absolutely can't yeah. wait. <laughs> today we are continuing our projections for the NFL season. Uh, last episode we did the AFC South and the NFC South. And today we are going to be doing the AFC North and the NFC North. Figured South, North, West, East, because fuck North, South, East, West. We do it how we want to do it around here because this is our show. This is our fucking show. I'm all about that. You know, depending on when we release this episode, because we're not really on our like breaking news shit right now. And it, it, that is, is, it is worth noting that we're recording this uh, today on August 18th and we just yeah. got the news of Deshaun Watson's uh actual suspension length uh suspension details I should say and it being 11 games might change my outlook that I had on the Browns uh previously I was expecting him to get the whole year suspended so I you know my record might be off by a game or two you know here or there but I think I'm confident with uh sticking with what I had yesterday um I do want to say that I'm 99% sure and I'm about to I'm about to google it to be 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure Shannon Sharp <laughs> predicted what was going to happen with Deshaun Watson and I think he was right on the fucking um right on the money with it. I think he said I think he said 12 12 games and it was 11 and I think he said like somewhere between 5 and 8 million dollar fine and it was right there. 11 I is kind of a was, funky number to not give him an even game suspension, but you know. Yeah, I th- I th- I mean, I don't want to go go off on this whole conversation cuz that's a whole other conversation. But if if you're going to discipline somebody, like what it it just feels weird. Everything feels weird with this situation. It's it's odd. It's odd to say the least. Yeah, for sure. I th- I think that's a good way to put it is that it's too much to dive into and it's just it's just weird. Um, but yeah, with that, with that being said, I, I, I'm glad we agree on that. I'm glad we got that out of the way to start this. I think, um, Curtis and I went over our predictions for the AFC North and we, we went over both the North and the, or the AFC and the NFC. And we both agree that the Browns, um, are going to be very heavily affected by this. And so I think we should start with them. I'm going to give you guys my, my prediction first for what I think their, their ranking is going to be and their record. I have the Browns going 6-11 and 11 this year. Uh, 11 being the lucky number, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I got them in fourth place. And I just don't see see anything i don't see deshaun watson coming back reviving them i don't see that happening if if there was any revival that had to do with deshaun watson this year it would be more in the vein of eminem's revival which was just dog shit it wasn't good <laughs> um that's the only comparison i could hear in terms of revival uh just garbage i, I don't see it changing anything i think there's going to be a big funk a big brown funk on the browns this year a big a big shit I uh I also think that they're going to struggle mightily. 
with Jacoby Brissett being their starting quarterback for 11 games. I'm, that's what I presume is going to be their starting quarterback anyways. Um, I just, I, I think they have a tough schedule anyways, but to not have Deshaun Watson, I just don't think they have a chance in some of these games. So, you know, I've got them going seven and 10. I do think that when Deshaun comes back in the second half of the season, it, it will, it will jumpstart them. And they've got a couple uh, winnable games in the second half of their season. So, you know, I think I've got them going seven and 10. And that's what I had before the news came out of his official suspension details. And I, I think I'm comfortable sticking with that. So it, it, the question I have with that is if you had seven and 10 before the news, do you think there's certain games that they're going to change in terms of wins or loss? And that's why you're staying with that number? Like, you think when he comes back, they're going to win games that you thought they might have won in the beginning of the season? What's your perspective on that? So the way I'm looking at it is I think that they beat, like I said, when I made these projections, even before I knew Deshaun, I was anticipating him being out the entire season. So I think, if anything, their record would be a little bit better now with him being available for six games. But regardless of, you know, Deshaun Watson, Jacoby Brissett, fucking Brandon Whedon, if he came back and started QB for the Browns, I think they beat the Panthers. I think they beat the Jets. I think they beat the Falcons. And, you know, I think with the talent that they have on the rest of their roster, I think it's feasible that they get four games somewhere on their schedule. You know, maybe a split with the Steelers. You know, who knows? But I, I think seven's a good number. And like with like I said, with Deshaun coming back, it could be even a, a win or two more. Okay, I like that. I like that. I see them losing to the Jets week two. I see the Jets winning that game. I see. Uh, I see them getting a getting a couple divisional games throughout the season that are gonna pivot things. Whether it more so for the teams that they beat than it will be for themselves, because I don't see them contending for the playoffs whatsoever. But I do see them making things tough in certain moments for other teams. I do think the playoffs are out of the question. I, I think the yeah. AFC is too good. The AFC West specifically could very easily get four teams in playoff contention. And I just think that Man. doesn't leave room for a team like the Browns. I hate to even talk about that right now, yeah. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> let, let me not go there. I'm sorry. Let, let me say no, that. No, it's fine. It's fine because um, we're going to, to your division today, so it's only right that you dropped the AFC West <laughs> bomb in here because, yeah, our division's stacked this year. And I think we, we touched on that a little bit in the first episode too, so we don't have to go into it. But, you know, sticking stick to the AFC North right now, the team – Actually, I gave you my fourth place. Curtis, you had the Browns in fourth place? Uh, I actually have the Steelers in fourth place. Oh, okay, well then that's a very good segue to the next uh, next team. And you go ahead and give your case on the Steelers. I just think that with Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett in the quarterback competition, I just think that it is such a mediocre competition that no matter who wins the job. I don't think it changes my opinion at all on how their season's going to go. I have them going 6 and 11. Um their defense is very good. It should be very good again. Top 10 at the very least, I think. TJ Watt is easily a top 3 defender in all of football. That goes without saying. He's just pretty much unblockable. Um and then having Cameron Hayward there with him 
you know, them drafting Connor Hayward. I want to see them do good, you know, Michigan State guy, but I just, I don't see it. I think they've got a couple tough games before their bye week, and I just don't, I don't see them, them, them certainly not competing for the a playoff spot, but. Okay, so I have some, I have some different, different opinions, definitely. I I respect your perspective on it. I do. I respect it. I should and say I really quick before you get into it. I should say that I I should touch on uh how good George Pickens is going to be. I I did leave that out. That no matter who's throwing him the ball, I think he could be a very big sleeper for offensive rookie of the year. Which might be that might be too much of a high praise. I'm not sure how much of a of a role he'll have in the offense, but he is a freak athlete and could very well be better than Juju was losing juju could not mean anything if they replace him with george pickens like how i think he might uh perform this year yeah and if he's got if he got rookie of the year implications then that means that the quarterbacks are doing something right because that that's big but that's what i was going to get to is the quarterback case we have here at the steelers in mitch trubisky uh sorry mitch trubisky not pisky (laughs) here in pickens you know either way yeah you know Picks. It might be Pixie. He might throw thirty picks this year. We. I'm not sure. But my opinion on it. I'm gonna stray a little bit away from what what you feel about it, and I'm gonna say that I think Mitch Trubisky has a little more experience under his belt. Um, being behind Josh Allen last year and being on the Bills, I think that that will get, give him a nice perspective of a uh, what it means to be on a team that functions uh well in comparison to the team that he was on before in the Chicago Bears. Uh I think Curtis Curtis agreed. We'll 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 touch on them. We'll touch on them. But we, we did agree though that I think playing in Pittsburgh for Mike Tomlin could absolutely give us a side of Mitch Trubisky that we've never seen before. And that I absolutely. could be wrong with my projection, but getting out of Chicago, playing for somebody like Mike Tomlin who I've only heard good things about his entire career. I mean, I I think that could absolutely steer him in the right direction. Absolutely. Just like Mike Tomlin steered the, uh, who was it, in the right direction when he stepped in his way when he was (laughs) taking that return back. (laughs) Um, I I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. I know what you're talking about. It was the Ravens. It was definitely the Ravens. Was it Jacoby Jones? That sounds right. I know it was the Ravens and Jacoby Jones. I think he fits the time period. Yo, do you remember Jacoby Jones in the fucking Super Bowl, yo? That year was crazy. That was a crazy year for football. One of one maybe the best year for football ever. One of the best. It was really good. I still um, follow Jacoby Jones on Instagram and he posts uh <laughs> gems like that all the time of his clips from the that, Super Bowl and I that that's a that's quality my follow. Guy. Yeah, that's that, my guy. That's a forgotten uh superstar returner from the NFL. Yeah, I I really like Jacoby Jones. I I I loved him when he uh came to the Chargers. Uh, but, you know, this is just a tangent from making a joke about Mike Tomlin tripping somebody. Uh, <laughs> but I think Mike Tomlin will put Mitch Trubisky in the right direction this year. I think he will be their starting quarterback. I think uh I think they're going to have a better season than you think, Curtis. We touched on that. I have them going 9 and 8 this year and I have them in third place. I don't see them making the playoffs. I don't think they've got that, but I think they have the kind of defense that you need to make a run in the playoffs and make a deep run in the playoffs, but the offense has some holes 
And I think with time, those holes will be filled. Now that Ben Roethlisberger is out of the picture, I, I think that his, his age was showing very much so the last few years of his career. And uh, no disrespect to him in that sense. That's just an observation. But when you have someone running the ball like Najee Harris, uh, it's, it's, it's hard not to think that they're going to have a pretty evenly distributed workload in that sense of helping out the quarterback, you know, just handing the ball off to someone who just knows how to make a fucking, I don't know, make a defense just lost because he's nice. He's very nice. And I know you were talking about how you like Najee Harris, and I would like to hear what you have to say about him, Curtis. I, I think he's amazing. I loved watching him in Alabama. I think that the Steelers' offensive line isn't exactly what it's been in years past, but even adding a different element with uh, how mobile Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett both are in comparison to Ben Roethlisberger, that's also a whole other element to their offense that could make me very yeah. wrong in this prediction. A big dynamic. I, I, that's, I'm hinging on that just because I know Mike Tomlin. I've known him for a while. Uh, <laughs> He's he's a pretty pretty solid head coach to say the very least. It's very good. Um, you know, tripping tripping aside. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, I have them nine and eight in third place. What's your what's your projection for them? Uh, I've got them going six and eleven, coming in fourth, and then uh, like I said, with the Browns, seven and ten. Mm, yeah. I think I think your predictions on them are a little too close, and I see the Steelers edging them out given the news today. Definitely, I am excited to talk about the two top teams in the AFC North, though. I think we can agree that these two teams have separated themselves from the Steelers and the Browns. Yeah, to say the least, the <laughs> Bengals, man, last season, like that was a whole different, whole different breed that just sprouted out of nowhere, and it was nice. It was fun to watch. It was it was very electric. Um, but should we go in on the Bengals or the Ravens first? What's your opinion? Uh, you tell me, I've got them both with the same record, so it doesn't change anything for me. Oh, you have them at the same record. Okay. I have them very close, but I have the Ravens edging them out because they played each other in week 18 and I have the Ravens going in first place in the, in the division. So we can go ahead and talk about the Bengals first and save the best for last. Okay, go ahead. You, you, you lead us off. I uh I think my my very first point here is I I've heard a lot about the potential Super Bowl slump for the team that makes the Super Bowl and loses about how the next season goes. So, you know, who knows because looking at it on paper right now, the Bengals still have a very very strong offense. We were just looking at it. I I didn't even realize that they got uh Lael Collins in the offseason, which makes a huge difference to uh you know sure up their offensive line a little bit which was a main weak point for this team uh joe burrow is going to do what joe burrow is going to do they have three very good receivers they got hayden hurst who's a more than capable receiving tight end joe mixon has shown what he can do they're going to be more than likely top five in a lot of uh offensive categories so i think whatever uh Whatever they lack on defense can be made up for with how many points they're going to score. I think they're just going to put an insane amount of pressure on teams. They're going to be very hard to stop every single game, no matter who they're going up against. And I just think Joe Burrow will always give them a chance to win with the weapons he has. Yeah, 
a Super Bowl slump. That is the the big big uh neon lights that are flashing in my in my uh mind right now when I look at the Bengals. They had a stellar run in the playoffs last year. Uh Curtis and I were having a conversation about the defense and the the efforts they put up. Uh to talk about Joe Burrow and their offense is, you know, I don't, I don't have to say very much. Curtis touched on it very well. But with that being said, I do see them on a slight decline this season in comparison to last. That's not to say that they're going to do bad. That's not to say that um, it's going to be drastic. But I do definitely see some glaring holes. Uh, I shouldn't say glaring holes. It's not. It's not that drastic. But I. I just. I just don't feel as confident in them as I think some people do. I. I. I definitely like the Ravens more. You know, granted they stay healthy. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is a once once in a blue moon kind of fucking kind of character in the NFL watching him play when he's at his peak and he has pieces around him is special I think that the Ravens are going to potentially sweep the Bengals this year I definitely have them winning in week 18 but I'm just worried I'm worried about the I'm worried about the Bengals in in the sense that I think that with the loss they had in the Super Bowl this year and the way that they did lose, that looming over their heads may just possibly bring them down a notch. Yeah, it's, it's, that definitely, being it's said, definitely possible. Though, yeah, um, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put them safely at 11 and 6. Because with all that's being said, um, with with what I just said, I definitely don't think they're going to be bad by any means. I think that there's just too much star power. I think there's too much... Um, the team just clicks. It clicks really well. They're like an excited young college football team. Like in the, I, I, they like... I, I, they remind me of like a young SEC team that's just slept on, and then once they start chugging, it's like, oh shit, they're really they're going and they're they're electric and they're clicking on all cylinders. Shit, that's what they are um, with with Joe and Jamar, the LSU yeah, boys. I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I like that energy. I do, I do. So you have them in first place, Curtis. Or you have them tied uh, with the Ravens. Yeah, tied. So I mean, going going into the Ravens, um, I've got them both twelve and five. Okay, perfect. So yeah, that's a good segue into the Ravens. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and start. I have high hopes for the Ravens this year. I have them in first place at twelve and five. I think they are going to be a dominant AFC team. Uh, you know, avoiding avoiding injuries, of course, is very important. But with the schedule they have, I see their first half of the season being absolute dominance. They're not playing anyone that really put any fear in their heart. Um. I mean, I'm looking at it right and now. Second, they they have two questionable games at 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 the most, really. Yeah, I wanted to give them twelve and five because I wanted to be a little realistic, but they are really nice. 
They they could easily bump that up two games if they stay consistent all season. They could win 14, 15 games. I think I think 14, 15 is is a lot. I just think the Bengals are a little bit better than what you're expecting as well. But I mean, like we said, I, I think uh, I have them going eight and one into their bye week. So, I mean, obviously, I, I think they're going to be very good as well. And then they even after their bye week, they've got the Panthers and the Falcons mixed in there and the Jags. So, you know, if if they perform against the Broncos and the Bengals and the Steelers twice and the Browns, they have to play the Browns once Deshaun comes back. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it's not as crazy as I as I first thought. But, you know, I think 12 and five is is, is the sweet spot for them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I was just more so saying that I could see them staying dominant if they if they clicked on all cylinders. Mark Andrews staying healthy, Lamar Jackson putting up a season like he did in uh what was it, twenty twenty eighteen? Yeah, I, I do have uh the I I think Lamar is just after being hurt at the end of last season and it just seems like people forgot who he is. I mean, it's just, I think he's got, a, it's his contract year. I mean, they've been talking about him getting paid and it's been put off, put off, put off. Um, I think this is just really a Lamar statement contract year. And I think the uh, Ravens are going to be very good. It, you yeah. know, barring their health, like you keep saying, it's such a big thing with the Ravens. And I'm not sure why they can't get past this injury bug. But if they stay healthy, I, I think 12 and 5 is a very uh, feasible record. It'll always it'll always be looming over a team who's got a mobile quarterback. It, 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 I feel like that's just the kind of the the apple that spoils the bunch in that sense sometimes. And having a having a quarterback who can run the way that Lamar Jackson can opens up a lot of opportunities to be great, but it opens up almost more opportunities to ruin all the plans that you had as a team. Yeah, for sure. Because we and, saw we saw what happened last season, and then when he got injured, it just went completely to shit. I know, and as good as Tyler Huntley came in and played, he's just not. He's just not Lamar. I mean, that, that that's all there is to it. Yeah. No. Was it Was it the Packers that beat them by like one point with Huntley? Yeah, he he kept him in that the game the game. whole time, and you just have to think that that's a game Lamar would have won. He just would have made a couple more plays here or there, but you know. And it, then you think about that game. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, sir. No, 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 you're good. That was all I had to say. Um, in that game against the Steelers, where um Mark Andrews just got slightly overthrown on that fourth down at the goal line. Um, yeah, that exactly. Was tough. That was tough, and that just shows the grit that that team has, and the skill, and the the great head coach that they have. And the ability to be in those those moments without Lamar Jackson just shows how good the team really is. Marquise Brown being gone is a big factor, but having Mark Andrews, I think, makes up very much so. Curtis and I were having a little discussion about my bias towards not liking Travis Kelsey, but I do think Mark Andrews is the number one tight end in the NFL. He's a beast. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, like I was telling you, I think he's top three without even without me even thinking about it. I do think Travis Kelsey's number one, but I mean, Mark Andrews is is so good. It just can't be understated. Damn, we we zoomed through that. Yeah, are we are we moving on to the good portion of the show now? 
I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Let's go. I want you to carry, though. I want you to carry because you definitely know more about this division than I do, and I want you to let the people know why. Most people probably know why you know more, but go ahead. I mean, I'll do my very best to stay as close to unbiased as possible, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, let me just probably not. start off by saying I, I have the Bears coming in last uh, fairly it's not even close. Uh, I think the Bears, I have them going 3-14. and 14. I think they are far and away the worst team in the NFC North. They, and, and I should preface this by saying I really like Justin Fields. I wanted the Vikings to draft Justin Fields to replace Kirk Cousins one day. But, you know, the Bears moved up one spot in front of the Vikings and took him. So, you know, it is what it is. But outside of Justin Fields and the, and the talent that he is, I think they have arguably the worst wide receiving core in the NFL. As much as I want to like Darnell Moody and, you know, Valus Jones. I mean, Valus Jones is like a 25-year-old rookie, so who knows about that. I think their offensive line is terrible. I think they lost three of their best, if not their three best uh, defenders. And Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and you know, who knows what's going to happen with Rokon Smith. He said he doesn't want to be there. I don't blame him. Who would want to play for that team? Uh, I think they also lost Allen Robinson. He didn't provide much last year, but it sucks to not even have him there. Uh, I, I just I don't know what else there is to say. I don't think they stand a chance in this division, and the division isn't that great to begin with. So, I really do like Justin Fields as well. I think he he's really good, but you know I think it's just another case of the bad news bears. <laughs> That's all it is. I think it really is. I have them going four and thirteen, last in the division. Yeah, so at least we're we're in the same ballpark on that one. But what number after did you have? Three and fourteen. Yeah. But after that, this is where we kind of this is where we get a little mixed up. So I'll let you pick what team you want to talk about next. Let's go for the Lions. Let's go for the Lions. Okay, sounds good. So here with the Lions, I should start off by saying that I absolutely love Dan Campbell. I I was questioning his his hire last year. And even when the team wasn't, you know, getting wins last year, he, he stayed true to, you know, his his mentality. And it really seems like, you know, with the hard knocks episodes that everybody's been loving, I think that it, everybody's finally bought in to his uh, his his style that he wants to play. And I think he really fits Detroit. And being from Michigan, I've never really liked the Lions, but I would love to see Detroit have a uh, competent, competitive football team. And it seems like Dan Campbell's that guy. I think they have the third best receiver in the NFC North. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is very, very, very good. I think he'll be even better with another year under his belt. As long as Jared Goff doesn't lose them any games, I think they will be competitive for the majority of their schedule. Uh, DeAndre Swift has incredible potential to as a receiver and as a true running back. You know, TJ Hawkinson is phenomenal. I think they just have to stay in games with their defense and I, I think they uh they have a good opportunity to win some i've got them going nine and eight which might be a little lofty but you know i think this is the most optimistic i've been about the lions in my sports fandom career i i i like the lions i like that they're moving in the right direction you definitely made some good points you've got a uh slight michigan bias i don't see them being being too stellar this season. I don't see the NFC North producing much 
much to talk about, even though, you know, it's your home, your home base in terms of divisions. I just, uh, I'm not too, not too keen on them. I don't, I don't see, I don't see a great season. I, I see steps towards the right direction. I see, um, a lot of puzzle pieces that they're going to end up filling in. Hopefully they're going to end up filling in. Like you said, their head coach, awesome. Um, but when it comes down to it, I've got the Bears with four wins. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them six wins. I'm gonna put them at six and eleven. Yeah, and like I said, I might be a little lofty in my predictions for them this year. I just think they've been in so many close games over the last couple of years. I, I, it's gotta happen sooner or later that they start to be on the right side of those games. Like you know, Justin Tucker kicking a 61 yard game winning field goal against them you know what are you gonna do like (laughs) it's just they've been on the wrong side of 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 some shit the last couple years and i I think this is the year that they figure it out i like that i like that you know i hope for your sake that this isn't the year they figure it out so your uh, team can prosper but you know you're giving them so much fucking hype and praise right now that the vikings might just their season hinging on the on the Lions. And I, hope <laughs> well, I, that I, I hope it doesn't turn out that way. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, no, I disagree. But just in the short term, I, I see where you're going with it, but not this season. I, I don't think it's going to be much. What what number do you have them winning? How many games? Uh, nine and eight. Okay, that's not that's not too crazy. That's not too unrealistic. I don't see them breaking five hundred. I I I don't. Uh, but next team, next team, boy, the next team. Yeah, I mean we've we've got to save the best for last. So I guess I don't now know what that means. I guess now's the time to that... talk about the shitty Green Bay Packers. <laughs> you know, I was figuring you were gonna say something silly like that. Uh, you, I guess I'll start. Yeah, I'll start with absolutely. My I would love Packers. to fill in the gaps after you're done. You know, you you yeah, you, know. you have at it, and then I, I'll take the lead on the Vikings for the next one. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of playing like a devil's NFL advocate here. Fucking not even devil's advocate, but like NFL battleship. Like I'm trying to hit spots that they might hit. And if they do, then we'll look back on this and I'll be like, let's fucking go. Absolutely. Um, and that nuclear bomb of a battlefield shot is the fact that Devontae Adams is gone. That's the elephant in the fucking room. Without a doubt. Um, it's a big loss for the Packers, but in big losses are great gains. And if there's any man on this planet, any man colder than the fucking, than the depths of, I don't even know. In the depths of Lambeau Field. Yeah. The depths of Lambeau Field. It's Aaron Jones. No, I'm just kidding. It's fucking Aaron Rodgers. He is an absolute God. He, I, I don't want to like sound like I'm dick riding because I'm not even a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. But I was talking about it with Curtis that I was, I was watching some highlights and just overall looking at his career this last week, and he's just an absolute, he's an absolute demon to anyone who is a fan of any other team in the NFC North. Uh, I, I, I like the Packers without Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers is a scary man. He's a very scary man in the regular season. 
And since we're talking about the regular season right now, it's really only right to give him that praise if we're going to talk about the NFC North. I have the Packers going 11-6, and and I have them in first place over the Minnesota Vikings, might I add. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So I didn't, I didn't touch on why I think, uh, you know, it's kind of empty and a, a, a empty statement there. But I think Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in the backfield are more than enough to fill in that hole of Devonte Adams being gone in terms of receiving. And um, Aaron Jones, Curtis thinks he's under or overrated. I apologize. Definitely not underrated. Uh, he he thinks he's overrated. I think Aaron Jones is a beast. I think. This year is going to be good for the Packers. I, I think the Devontae Adams news is over overhyped. Uh, I, I like Devontae Adams. He's awesome. He's a great receiver. But behind a great receiver is a great quarterback. And um, Aaron Rodgers can make anyone look good. Maybe not anyone. I don't want to go that far. <laughs> not every, Not everyone. Um, but... I have them in first place at 11 and 6. I guess I should just start off by saying I have them going 8 and 9, uh, coming in third in the division behind the Detroit Lions, <laughs> which is the first time I've ever felt like that in my entire life. And I can't wait until I'm right about this. I hope that they never have another winning season in the history of their franchise. I, I hope that the Vikings win every single NFC North title for the rest of time. But I just think that losing Devontae Adams is, it couldn't be more detrimental to the success of that team. Aaron Rodgers is still going to do what he's going to do. They've got two more than capable running backs. I think Aaron Jones is very good, as, as I do think he's overrated. He's very good. I, you know, I, I can't you know, lie Not about that. Interject. Not to interject, but I do have a stat that I did tell you that was rather impressive. I, w- the fact I was hoping that- you left this out. Yeah, I know, I know. The Packers, since 2019, have gone 7-0 and without Devontae Adams on the field, and 10-3 and since 2015. And uh, that that is a testament towards the man that Curtis Resney hates. I know he doesn't want to even speak of his name, but Curtis, let's just talk about the elephant in your room, and that elephant is Aaron Rodgers. I mean that stat without Devontae Adams is is very impressive and it's 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 a lot better than what I would have predicted it being um and it still just doesn't change a thing about how I see this season going he just not having him for the whole season it is it goes without saying I mean he's probably the best receiver in the NFL the last season or two and him not being there for Aaron Rodgers he I mean, he's he's Aaron Rodgers you know like safety blanket i guess you could say he's always open he's one of the best route runners in the nfl he absolutely torched the vikings every single time they played he's he's unbelievable really and i i'm I'm just happy that he's gone but aside from that i just think it'll make a huge difference now that aaron Rodgers' number one receiver is either going to be a rookie in christian watson who could be very good and alan lazard you know, Randall Cobb is probably close to 60 years old now. I don't see him providing any type of real spark throughout the whole season. I think oh, that was funny. I think their special teams is terrible and they have been terrible for a long time. Uh, their defense is very average. I don't 
they don't really have any playmakers really they had russell douglas who came back from the dead and had a couple pick sixes last year and just changed people's whole perception of them he's just not I, I i don't know i don't think their defense is anything crazy so really their all of their success is contingent on aaron Rodgers, who will absolutely win them some games who will absolutely keep them competitive in most of if not all their games I just think Devontae Adams not being there is going to be the main determining factor and them winning uh, more of those close games than they lose. Or, I'm sorry, losing I mean, more of those close games than they win. Sorry. Yeah, no, I understand because what you accidentally said is the truth because if we're going to go based on history and statistics, the Packers might go undefeated this season. <laughs> 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 that's one thing I'd be very confident in something that's not happening. So, for the sake of my OCD and looking at the schedule, I'm going to cut a win off of the Packers schedule and give them 10 wins. Why is that? What, what did you just see? The last two games of the season. Um, I think they're going to I think they're gonna lose. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. The last three games of the season, I see them playing the Dolphins, and I think that game is going to be that, that tiebreaker that of between 11 and 10. Yeah, that, that sounds more like it. You know, they'll they'll lose two more games than that at the very least. But now we now um, we can move on to the the division winner this upcoming season. OK, uh, we just touched on the Packers, but I mean, if you want to, you know. Yeah, anyways, moving forward to wounds. the division winner, like I said, the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> this year. Um, I don't you even sound, know. You sound I don't even even know where to start. I'm I'm smiling just thinking about how I'm just smiling thinking about how great this season is going to be. I've gotten my hopes up so many times before, and it's it it seems so clear now looking back that I put all my faith into a Mike Zimmer led team and how silly I was to do that. We like that. All we did this season, this offseason, I should say, is go out and get the Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator from the Los Angeles Rams. He's our head honcho now. All we needed, you know, he brought an, a new, younger, more offensive minded, uh, you know, just just new, a breath of fresh air in all of his hires and a brand new staff got everybody that Mike Zimmer trusted out of there. And I couldn't be happier with it. Just get everybody. You saw what happened with Cooper Cup last year and Cooper Cup is a phenomenal receiver. But I don't think that objectively when we see how Justin Jefferson does in this Kevin O'Connell offense. I don't think there's any way that we can think that Justin Jefferson's not the best receiver in the NFL this year. I mean, it's, I'm so excited to see how open he is all the time. You know, Dalvin cook running the ball, top five running back. We Kirk cousins is more than capable of getting everybody the ball. We still have Adam Thielen. I mean, he's not even talked about anymore. And he was one of the best receivers in the NFL for probably the last five years. If he can stay healthy, which has been kind of a problem. Um, And, you know, just getting away from the offensive side of the ball. If our secondary is still a huge question mark, we we had the second most sacks in the NFL last year. And all we did in the offseason was go out and get Zadarius Smith and to pair him with a healthy Daniil Hunter. I mean, it's just. It's it's a whole new animal to a defense that was already very good at rushing the passer. And then losing Devontae Adams in the division. I mean, I have his stats right here of what he did to the Vikings. 
which he did every single season, it seemed like. But the two games against the Vikings last year, he had 11 catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. And then he had eight catches, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. So I think, without a doubt, in those two games against the Packers, without Devontae Adams there, I, I think we win both of those games. I think we sweep the Bears, and I think we split with the Lions. And maybe that's me being too hopeful for the Lions, but I think we could go 5-1 and one in the division and you know just perform for the rest of our schedule. And I, I, I see us going 13 and four and, you know, handily winning the division this year, you know, all bias aside, of course, that was completely an unbiased opinion of everything I just said. <laughs> I mean, we could just be completely transparent and understand that there's always a bias towards our favorite teams, Curtis. You can tell the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't even touch on Irv Smith, you know, but who knows what he's really going to be. That's just me being hopeful, probably. Um, I'm reading into to some stuff about the Vikings right now because I, I don't know enough about them, honestly. Uh, but one thing I am seeing is that, um, what's his name, uh, O'Connell? Yeah, the head honcho now? Uh, yeah, yeah. He was Kirk Cousins' position coach in 2017. Yes, he was. So that I, I see that being a big thing on their offense, a big, a big, a big uh, help for Kirk Cousins. There is you know? some continuity there already. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been a very serviceable, uh, serviceable, excuse me, quarterback since he got to the Vikings. He doesn't turn the ball over very much. He probably holds onto the ball too long, which hopefully will change in a Kevin O'Connell offense. You know, once they once they went separate ways, Kevin O'Connell went and learned under probably the best young offensive mind in the NFL and Sean McVay. And I just, I think only good things can come from these two getting back together and uh, putting on a show in U S bank stadium this year, man, 13 wins. That is fucking, that's bold Curtis. And I, I, I respect the bold statement. I really do. I just, I'm, I'm just going to be happy when it all comes to fruition this year. Hey, you, you manifest what you need to as long as it doesn't affect my team making the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Which is one thing I love about our friendship is that we are miles away in terms of division and conference, which is awesome. And one thing that absolutely does affect the Chargers' success this year is Devontae Adams being in that division, though. Mm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned. They're worried about buying each other's uh, buying each other cars and shit. They're they're not ready. They're not ready for what Brandon Staley's putting together right now. I mean, no. We should probably save the AFC and the NFC West for the last episode. So unless you have anything yeah. else to add about the AFC and NFC North, I think that's all I've got. Um, uh, I I haven't put a solidified number down for the Vikings. I don't see them winning thirteen games. I don't even see them winning three games. I. See- that's a that, just, that's a hilarious thing to say. I'm just fucking with you. I'm glad you found it funny. Um, I see you guys very close to the Packers. You play them week 17. Uh, that's a big game, very big game because I see the Packers doing better than you're predicting. I don't think the Lions are gonna do anything this year. I don't. I don't see it. I see them taking a game from you guys because they're a division rival, and that's just how it goes. You know how that goes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why I gave them the benefit of the doubt. And, yeah, you guys took that edge last season, which is uh, in that, that game-winning field goal you had against them. 
but I think yeah. they're going to take that back one game. We really should have went 0-2 against the Lions last year. Yeah, I see you guys at a comfortable 9-8. and eight. I'm going to put you at 9-8 and eight just for the sake of the fact that I have the Packers over you guys, and I don't think you guys are as uh, stellar as you're making it out to be. You're just very invested, and I respect that, and I love that for you. It's, it's awesome. You deserve that. You deserve to have a team that uh, hypes you up for the season. And that's a big reason why we wanted to start this podcast is because we're both very excited for what our teams are offering this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't wait. Like I said, I, I, I just laid out all my, you know, probably lofty expectations for the Vikings as well. But I, uh, I think this is, this is probably the most excited I've been in a long time. How's it going, my friends? As you've probably noticed at this point, technical difficulties have been a recurring theme in our episodes, these early episodes here, trying to figure out the kinks. I promise it's going to get better. You probably don't even care. You're enjoying the content so much. Why would you be upset that we're having technical difficulties? You know? It's not a problem. I'm not upset that we lost audio files. I'm not upset. So why should you be? No, I'm just kidding. Um, hope you guys have a good, good rest of your week. Just stay safe and spread love. Peace.